Thanks for checking out The Bridge Podcast, a ministry to St. Francis and the surrounding community. It's not a mistake you are here. We pray God speaks to you today. Service times are 9.30 and 11 a.m. Sunday mornings. Feel free to check us out at sfbridge.org. Have a life-giving week. And uh, Bobby and I, I don't know if you can hear me here at all, but uh, Bobby is my older brother. And Bobby and I, man, we get along well. You guys got brothers, sisters, any of you? Okay, so Bobby and I, man, we're like best of friends. And one of my favorite things that Bobby and I used to do, we used to go up and we would actually stand on gravestones. Have you ever done that? It's like so disrespectful, don't ever do that. And so me and him, my name's Hector, by the way, and me and Bobby, we'd run through the field and we'd just be going full blast and we'd get onto a gravestone and we'd stand there and we'd just be like, I wonder if the person can hear us underneath. You know, we're so funny. We're not, okay? But here's the deal. What we would do is we would go through this graveyard in the middle of the afternoon and we were searching for little teeny bugs. Any of you kind of like that? Like me and my brother? Did you ever go after like snakes and stuff? We'd like be going after snakes and trying to grab snakes and we'd see deer and we'd see all this wildlife, you know? And, and I remember him and I though, we had this goal. There was these teeny, ugly, putrid looking bugs that we thought we've got to figure out. We've got to find them. We've got to get them. And they had like, two little black wings, and they had kind of a big nose, and they had a huge, just huge booty on them, just huge, all right, just, just uh, go like that, all right, just a big old booty, and, and it looked like it had like weird stuff in their booties, and I'm like, let's get these bugs, let's collect them, and my brother, Bobby, he, he was a little conservative, I was kind of the wild child, and I said, come on, man, let's do it, no matter what we did, we didn't have nets, we had nothing, and we'd try to capture them over and over and over again, we could never do it. You know, never. And it just frustrated us. So we got some other stuff. We had cool crickets. We had big snakes that we collected. In fact, we kept that in case we got hungry. Have you ever ate snake? It's so good. Oh, man. All of this. It was just wonderful. And we thought, man, we just loved hanging out together. He was, he was my pal. Bobby was my hero in life. We were just pals and, and awesome friends. In fact, when we were out in the graveyard, you know, searching for these little ugly bugs, you know what we were doing? We had three games. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about something about my dad. You see, my dad is really, really, really wealthy. Okay, like, I mean, he's like, rich, hello, woo-woo, come on, somebody, party time. My dad was like, well off, amazingly. And so we had the coolest, trendiest toys that you could possibly ever imagine. And we had three men, it would rock your world, rock your world, man. They They were incredible. The first one we had, it was kind of like a top, but it was a game. It was called a dreidel. Oh, yeah. You ever played? They even wrote a song about our toy, man. And so we'd sit there and we'd spin our toy around and around and and we'd play this and, you know, a Hebrew letter would pop up and we loved it. This was a fancy toy. We'd never had anything like this in our life. It was one of the most trendiest toys. And then we had probably my favorite game. You know what my dad got us? This is what he got us. He got us a rocket sketch. Oh, yeah. You know what a rocket sketch is? It's awesome. We had this sandbox out back and he gave us these two giant rocks. And so what you would do is you'd go out in this huge giant thing of sand and you could take these rocks and you could draw stuff in it. It was awesome. You know, the only weird thing is you could make like circles and stuff. All you could do is like stairs and things in it. I don't know why, you know, it was really hard to make circles, but it was awesome. And then if you drew something and you didn't like what you drew in the sandbox, this was the coolest part of this toy. You just went like this and like shuck it up a little bit and it would clear. You ever heard of a toy like that? It was just awesome. The third toy though, this was the best toy. I love the rocket sketch. I love the dreidel. But then my dad, he loved us a lot. You know what he got me? 
A rock. Yeah. A rock. You know, Bobby and I would play together. We'd play. We'd play throw a rock at each other. Yeah. You ever played that? You tried to duck? My dad didn't join us. We asked him to time and time again. But it's fun. You just chuck a rock at somebody and they get out of the way and they move. Well, here's the deal. My dad is just the most awesome man alive. And growing up in our house together, myself, Hector, and my brother, Bobby, while we were under his house, my dad had some pretty strict rules. He wanted us to live a certain way, act a certain way, and I was like, ain't happening, bro, I'm out of here, get me out of here. And my dad, being that he's wealthy, I came up with an idea, I came up with this scheme, I came up with a plan that I thought was genius at the time. And so I went to my dad and I said, Dad, I said, you only have me and, and you know, you got... Bobby over here, I said, I know you're well off. I know you're doing well. And I kind of manipulated him a little bit. I know none of you have ever done that. But I manipulated my parents. Well, actually, there's not a lot known about my mom, but just my dad. And so I manipulated my dad. And I said, Dad, here's the deal. I said, Dad, I know know you're like still alive and all. And that's, that's cool, whatever. But I would love if I could have all of my inheritance right now. And my dad looked at me and he's like, all your inheritance, Why? You've got everything you could possibly want underneath my roof. He's like, you don't need that. I said, no, Dad, I want it now. I want everything. And I'm thinking, maybe he's going to give me like 75% and my brother Bobby 25. No, 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 50-50. That's the kind of man he was, very respectful and kind. And so he loaded me up, man. He loaded me up. He gave me financial support. He gave me camels. I'm not even talking like two-hump camels, three-hump, four-hump, seven-hump camels he gave me. I'm just amazed, Okay. That's how well off he was. And he gave me this inheritance. And he said, son, I trust you with this. I'm giving this to you. Good luck. And I was like, bro, I'm out of here. And uh, that's what we would do. We'd make a fist to our dad. It was kind of a naughty thing back then. And so I took off with all the money and I left. And I never, ever wanted to see his face again. You know, Bobby, he's kind of like the good child. I was the wild child. Not like anyone here, but I was the wild child. And I just was like, I want out of here. I don't like living all the rules and trying to do the right things and going to church, blah, 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 blah. I was like, no, forget it. See you, Dad. And I took off with all his money, with the camels he gave me. You see, we lived in Israel at the time. And I wanted to go not only to a different city, but I wanted to go to a different country. And so I was so pumped. And I said, I'm going to go out by myself with everything that I had because I was stoked, I was loaded, all the way to Egypt. Yeah, you know what's in Egypt, don't you? What's in Egypt? Sand. Yeah, lots of sand. Biggest rock of sketch you would ever see in your life, man. Huge. And I got there, and one of the things that I saw when I got there were these three huge buildings. One was the biggest one. There was two other small ones right next to it. They called them pyramids. They were so cool. In fact, some people had these weird theories that, like, aliens built them. It's like, no, that was like my brothers and sisters. Okay, we were all Jews. And they were the ones, they were slaves. They had built these huge buildings. But you know what they had going on right there? They had the pyramid tours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. And so I went to the pyramid, and I bought a season pass to all three, man. And so I'm going through the pyramid. I'm spending money left and right. I'm eating like it's just, you know, it's party time. And I'm going through these pyramids. And they're really strategically smart, these pyramid owners. Because you know what they did at the end of every turn? There was a little sign in the hallway that said pyramid bookstore this way. 
had a little gift store right before you left the pyramid. So smart. I don't know who ever thought of that. And so I went to the bookstore, I went to the gift store, and I bought CDs, I bought tape, there was pyramid recipes, man, how to make pyramid bricks, how the aliens didn't build the pyramids, I bought it all. I spent so much money on this, I thought, this is a great investment, man. And so I had to carry it all, I brought it with me on my camel, and we took off from Egypt with everything with me. And I thought, I'm going to be good, man, this is going to be, this is going to be great. And I was living the life, but my, my problem was this. You see, I had this huge stash of money, and every time I, I bought something, I lost a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and a little bit more. And I'm not saying I played the roulette table, but if I did, I lost big time in Egypt, and just lost a little bit more, and a little bit more. So I tried many different things. I tried the drug scene, I tried the, the women's scene, I tried, you know, everything that I could, and nothing was working while I was in Egypt, and eventually... All this stuff that I had, I had to sell my pyramid pass to even make money. It was gone. I had none of it. And I sat there and I was like, I am broke. I got nothing at all. And I'm stuck here in a country that's not even my own. What do I do? And so I started coming up with this plan going, what, what am I going to do? I think I'm on my own. My dad didn't really kick me out, but I kind of kicked him and left. And so I thought, I've got to come up with a plan myself. And so being that I was not too bright at the time, I said, I think what I need to do is get a job, you know? I need to get a job. And so I went and I asked a lot of the officials, I asked the people in the land, and I said, I really need a job. Do you have anything that I can do? Any work, anything? And I said, no, 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 no. And I'm going, I have nothing. I've got to eat. And I don't know, last time you were in Egypt, when I was there, there wasn't a puddle even to drink out of on every corner. There was nothing. It was just sand. And I thought, what am I going to do? I felt disgraced. I felt like I had messed it all up completely. I felt like I, I gave him the towel. And so this is what I did. This is what I did. I found this farmer who had some animals. And I went and I talked to the farmer. I got to know him. And see what happened at this time in Egypt. There was an incredible famine. See, I lost everything, but people there in that country, they did too. They didn't have anything to eat. They didn't have anything to drink. They had nothing left at all. But there was this farmer who had a few things left. He was wise. He was a wise Jewish man. Actually, he wasn't a Jewish man, but he had Jews work for him. And I thought, I'm going to go work for him. And so I talked to him. I said, hey, can I come and can I just... Can I just work for you? I said, I'll work for pennies, man. I'll work for just, just a tiny much, a tiny bit. I just need to eat. I just need to live. And the farmer said, I really can't do anything. I have nothing. And I just begged him. I pleaded him. I said, look, I screwed it up. I spent all my dad's inheritance. I have no money left. Everything's gone. I got to do something or I'm going to die, man. This is it. And the farmer looked at me and said, you made your bed, sleep in it. And he started walking away. And I'm like, that is not nice. And so I came up to him. I said, can we negotiate something? Let's just negotiate something, you and me, a little deal, a little peace treaty between the Jew and you. And he said, okay, I got an idea. I said, what is it? He said, I got some animals. You can come every morning out to my farm, and you can feed the animals that I have. And I'm like, that's great. I said, what kind of animals are they? He's like, I only have pigs. Now, that poses a problem for a Jewish man. For those of you that don't know, me, a Jew, I can't be by pigs. I can't be feeding them, otherwise I'm unclean, I'm unrighteous, I'm unholy. You might as well just call me unhector. That's me, okay? 
this is bad news. And I'm going, either I'm going to die or I have to go against everything that my dad taught us about our religion. And I'm thinking, sorry, dad, screw you. I'm going to live. And so I went and I worked for the farmer. And the next morning, the first day that I got the job, I went out there to feed the pigs. Man, pigs are just nasty, gross. And so we got out there and had the trough and all the pigs came up and, and I had to put all the slop in. And this was nasty stuff. Even the stuff in there I wasn't even supposed to eat with my customs. And the pigs, they start eating everything out of here and I'm standing back and they're just, they're just hoarding this whole trough, eating everything. Here's what he told me. He said, my wage was this. After the pigs eat, after his prized pigs ate what they had, I got the leftovers. And I was like, I'm all over that. And so I got down on the ground. I went up to the trough after all the pigs had left and I went to put my face into the trough and there was nothing. There was just some pig drool. That was it. So I drank it. That's all I had. And I'm thinking, I'm going to die in Egypt. What do I do? What, what, what do I do? And I thought about it for a long time. And I didn't want to have foot and mouth disease. You know what that is? Where you realize you were wrong. Hector never wrong. Hector was wrong. I realized this whole time, my dad was wealthy. He was, he was so well off. Bobby's still at his house. He's still hanging with dad. He's fine. He's doing great. He's living in his home. And my dad was so well off that he had all these servants that helped him with everything that he had. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm stupid because even the servants in my dad's home, they're eating. They're eating more than I'm getting. I'm having pig drool. That's it. And I shouldn't even have that. So I came up with this plan. And I thought, you know what? I have got to figure out how to get back home to Israel. So I hitchhiked other people's camels. And I just rode them. I rode them all the way back. I kept going. I got within the vicinity of our house, the house that Bobby and I grew up in. And I look up, and our house, it's over a hill. You could kind of see it over the crest. And I thought in my mind, what am I going to say to my dad? Like, I'm a complete loser. He's not going to like me for what I just did. Every ounce of money that he gave me, I spent. I lost it all. I gave it all up. And I thought, I've got to go back and talk to him. And so I figured, I came up with this plan. In fact, the light bulb came off in my head, and I didn't even know what a light bulb was yet, but it went off. And I thought, I need to go, and I need to talk to him, and I just need to say to my dad, Dad, I'm guilty. I stand before you completely guilty. I messed up. And I'm thinking about that, painting the picture. What do I say to my father? And as I get to my dad, my dad's house, and I see the house over the crest of the hill, I see this old geezer. I mean, he's like old now. I haven't seen him in years. I didn't even recognize him at first. And here's my dad, and he's wrapped in this robe, kind of this like just beautiful looking thing. And I see him in the distance, and I watch my dad do something he's never done in his entire life. And this is what he did. My dad took his robe, and he pulled up his robe like this, and you could see skin. As a Jew, you don't ever do that. That's disrespectful to yourself. That's disrespectful to God. And he starts charging for me like a bull. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? And he's running for me, and I'm seeing him, and I'm going, I'm going to get killed. He, like, hates my guts. And he gets all the way up to him, and he's standing right in front of me, and I'm sitting here, and I'm going, he's going to, like, punch me or something. And he stands right here with this robe. And just as about, I think, things couldn't get any crazier. You know what he does? He looks at me, 
and he takes both of his arms outside of his robe and he wraps them and he embraces me and he holds on to me and he won't let go and he kisses me on either cheek as it was our custom and he says, my son was dead and now he's alive. My son was lost and he's now found and he's holding on to me and I'm going, what an idiot was I? And I'm just standing there. And he won't let go. I'm like, dad, it's a little awkward now. Okay, like just, just you know, space, you know? personal space, you're, you're bursting my bubble, Pops. Just, I appreciate the love and the kind gesture. And he backs away, and before I could even say, hey, I'm guilty, I messed up, he had tears in his eyes, I had tears in mine. And I just said to my dad, I said, Dad, I was about to say, Dad, I, I'm, I'm a sinner, I blew it. And before I could even get the words out of my mouth, my dad says, he's like, son, you came home it's party time! And I'm going, I don't feel like a party right now. I blew it. And my dad walks away from me. And he says, no, my son came home. We're having a party tonight. And so he goes in, he starts talking to people. He's like, I want you to clean him up, give him a fresh shave, give him a robe like I have, dress him in the finest garments, everything, because he is here. I felt guilty, because I didn't deserve that. I didn't do anything to deserve that. And my dad goes off. He was a little over the top. He was wealthy. And my dad goes, hey, I want you to kill the fattened calf. I want you to, and I'm going, whoa, 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 wait a second. You mean Betsy? He meant Betsy. Betsy was like a family friend, man. Okay, well, it must have been her, like her granddaughter or something, but I'm thinking that's the bloodline of Betsy. We used to grow up with her. She, we chased her in the graveyard for crying out loud. You're gonna kill Betsy for me? I don't deserve Betsy. Although she tasted good. I mean, like really good. Betsy was awesome. And this whole time, while my dad and I are sitting there, we're going over this, my memories are reeling about me and my brother Bobby, and I'm thinking, you know, Bobby deserves this. I don't. Bobby followed you all the days of his life. He never gave in. He never caved in. He never went off and spent your inheritance. In fact, my brother did something that I would never have done. He put it in the bank to earn interest. Who does that? Really? And I had messed it up. And I thought, I don't see my brother anywhere. I don't see him at my party. And I was worried about Bobby more than I was myself. And I asked Dad, I said, Dad, do you, do you know where he's at? He's like, I don't. And I was thinking in my mind, Bobby's probably just a little jealous of this party going on. No, I was wrong. He was a lot jealous. He was ticked. And so him and my dad had this conversation. My dad was talking to Bobby, and, and Bobby just said to Dad, he said, look, He's like, this, this son blew it all. He went out, he spent every dime that you had given him, and yet you throw him a party? When have you ever thrown a party for me? And he just kept railing and railing on. In fact, Bobby even blamed me for buying prostitutes out in Egypt. I'm not saying I did or I didn't, okay? All I can say is the craps table and the women were awesome. I mean, the roulette table, they were great. And so he's blaming me for all this, and I'm going, Me? And my dad said something to him. My dad was very wise. And my dad said something that really sank in deep with me. He said, you know what? Bobby, you've never left. You've been in my safety. You've been in my protection the entire time. Your brother hasn't. He left that protection. He went out, outside of that protection, outside of that blessing, outside of dad's will. And he left. And my dad said to Bobby, he said, I thought that my son had died, and now he is born again. He said, I thought my son was lost, and now he's found again. And my dad didn't mean like hide and seek. 
what he meant was like, he was thinking Hector went to the bad place. You know what I'm talking about? The floor, below the floor. And my dad said, now that he's back home, we throw a party because he's going hopefully to the good place. And I thought, that's my dad. You see, I had messed it up. We threw the party that night. I can tell you, man, those hamburgers, oh, they were good. The meatloaf, man, Betsy made a great meatloaf. Let me just say, she was phenomenally tasty, okay? It was awesome. But I had to confront my brother. I didn't want us to end on bad terms. And so I said to Bobby, I said, hey, Bobby, can we, can we go outside of the party? It was midnight. It was really late at night. And I said, let's go. Let's just take a little hike over to the graveyard that we used to go and play at as kids. Is that okay with you? So otherwise we can play throw a brick. And he really wasn't into that anymore. He wised up. I hadn't yet. And so we went to the graveyard. And we get out to the graveyard. And rather than sitting up on the grave stones, we just had a serious conversation. I sat down with him and I, I said to Bobby, I said, look, I said, I, I really messed it up. He's like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I said, can you forgive me? Because we're both in the Father's house where we belong. We're in Dad's house. That's where he wants us. And Bobby said, yeah, I can forgive you. I can forgive you. Here's the, the issue. While we were out there, while we were out there, Bobby said to me, it's like, do you remember that time when we were, when we were out and we were chasing those little ugly bugs, the big old booties. I said, yeah, I remember that. One of my favorite memories, Bobby. He said, I remember we never caught any. I said, no, I know. Well, we realized that night that these bugs, that juice in their booty, made them glow. It was booty juice. At midnight, while we're in this graveyard, we're looking at all these bugs. And they're glowing. They're going on, going off. They're going on, off, and all one at a time, all over the graveyard. You could see them. There's no moon that night. It was pitch black. And I said to Bobby, I said, let's, I, said, I know we're grown adults, but who cares? So let's go. Let's try to catch some of those fireflies. Let's get some. And so we went and we caught some. We grabbed them. We put them in jars. We were so excited. We were like, you know, just kids hanging out again, realizing we've forgiven each other. And we were in the safety of our, of our father's house. We had a whole jar filled with fireflies. And God, I think, taught us something that day, at that time. And it's this. It's that each one of us, myself and Bobby, we're kind of like this just in life. We never glowed, whether he did everything right in my dad's house or whether I was out doing my own thing. Neither one of us ever had life in us. We had the potential to have life in us, but we didn't. Here's the coolest part about this, about my story and Bobby's story, is if you read in Luke chapter 5, verse 11 through 32, you can read all about our story. In fact, somebody I haven't mentioned yet in our story, he's the other son in the story. He doesn't take a lot of credit for this story a lot of times. But there's myself and there's my, my brother and then my dad. But my dad had somebody document this in the book of Luke, in the Bible. His name's Jesus. That was our other brother. 
See, Jesus wrote the story about us. He wrote, he called me a, a prodigal, whatever that means. But Jesus, my brother, said the only way for us to go from this to this was simply by believing in him and living it out. And I thought, well, wait a second, that doesn't make sense because my brother did everything just right. He was the perfect child. He was the goody two-shoes. I was kind of the crazy kid. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. You see, with Jesus, we have life. Without him, we don't. Without Jesus, we don't have purpose. We're floundering. But with Jesus, we glow like those little fireflies that we caught that night. So I'm excited to say that I was happy to be back in my dad's home that evening with my brother. He accepted me back in, not caring what I had done, not caring where I had been. I can tell you from that moment on, I was devoted to him for the rest of my life. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.